we, we started last week talking about vision. And at the first of every year, I try to like come back around and, in my own life, think about what the year is going to look like. Think about what God's doing in my life for the year. And think about... And so as, as a leader of, of Coastline Community Church, I think it would be really wrong for me not to put the vision back out there. And sometimes that's hard because you think you've said it so many times, but when you think you've said it too much, say it again. Right? When, yeah, try and try again. And so um, I think it's very important for us as a community of believers and as a representative in the, in the community that we know what we we're trying to do. Now, here's the deal. This isn't some... Like corny church vision, and okay, so for the next two weeks, Jason's just going to talk about the church. Yeah, I am, because you know what? You are the church. Personalize the vision. We're we're personal beings because that God is a personable God. So personalize the vision in your own heart. And today is so awesome because the the part of the vision that we'll talk about has so much to do with where you live. Who you are where you live. Who you are where you work. And it's just about being a Christian. So if we can personalize that, then obviously we're going to lead more people to a place in their life where they can know God a little bit better. So here's our four-part vision right here. It's coming up. We have a vision to impact future generations for Christ. We talked about this last week. Present Christ in a relevant way to the culture He's placed us in. Represent Christ in every neighborhood on the space coast and show the compassion of Christ through action of the hurting, hopeless, and needy. Today we're going to talk about represent Christ. Oh, I'm sorry. There you go. Thank you. You're good. You're quick. We have a vision to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the space coast. God didn't put us in New York. He didn't put us in Washington, D.C. He didn't put us... Praise the Lord. My wife's like, it's cold there. (laughs) Yeah. He put us here. He put us right here on the Space Coast. Right here nine years ago, my wife and I moved here. And we didn't have any idea that all this would be going on. But that's what God had in His heart to do. He put us here. And as Christians, we should be representing Christ in every neighborhood. We have a vision for that. We're not doing that yet. In every neighborhood on the Space Coast. But guess who gets... So, okay, Jason, that's your job. Well, last I checked, I only live in one neighborhood. But if you took this whole room right now, and the other two services that are going to happen today, man, and you started connecting the dots. The vision is not to represent Coastline Community Church. The vision is to represent Christ. I tell you, I believe with all my heart that's why our church is growing because it's not about our church. Who gives a rip about our church? I mean, we all love each other. Here's here's the deal. The deal is, is putting up a picture of Jesus Christ to the world. So, So let's get into this. And here's a statement. I don't think we have the scripture today. But the Bible says the people without vision perish. And that word perish in its original text, and if any of you run a business or any of you lead an organization, you'll understand this. But that word perish means to run about chaotically. Right? 
to run about chaotic. Any of you moms who have young uh, toddlers, you know what I'm talking about. You've got to have a plan when you get up, buddy. You better have a plan. If you don't have a plan, it's going to go south quick. <laughs> Cheerios flying this way. Lucky Charms going that way. To run about chaotically. And that's why, like even on our offering envelopes, I would never give to something that I didn't have the vision for. And that's why we print that on that. And it's on our website. This is what we're about. We want, to, we want Christ to be seen in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. Isn't that fun? Think about that. Wow. We're seeing some of that happen. So here, let's, let's jump in. We see in Luke 10, 25-27, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. When's the last time you loved your neighbor? It's a good question, isn't it? Let's keep going. Matthew five thirteen through sixteen. You are the salt of the earth, but the salt loses its saltiness. How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything. Except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Number one. I hope you're taking notes. If you're here, by virtue of the fact that you cared enough to come here, then you probably want to know the vision of the church and of us as Christians. Matthew 5.13 Number one, we are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salt again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. See, Jason, what, what does that mean? What is, what's the Bible telling me? I'm supposed to be the salt of the earth. Well, what's salt do? Okay, that was too many. That brings flavor. What else? Preserves. What else? I didn't hear that. Evidently, a group over here heard that, but I'm not even going to look that way. I think somebody said makes a Corona taste good. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what they said. But I'm not looking that way right now. I'm not, I'm not looking over there. Because <laughs> without it, it tastes terrible, right? Yeah. So salt brings flavor. Do we, do we bring flavor to our neighborhoods? Or is it... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to refocus here, okay? All of us. Do, do we bring? Do we bring flavor? Do do we bring like flavor to people's lives, and then it preserves? Are we preserving godly values in our life? In our and are people in our neighborhood seeing that? 
Is, is this church, which I, I'm, I'm happy to say it is, but we always have to ask this question because we always have to realign ourselves. Are we preserving this book and presenting in a way to the community that is right? So you, say me. You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Now, so, flavors things, preserves things. And what else does salt do when you eat it? Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. I've shared this with you before and I've since been delivered, but I used to like be an addict to country ham. Till my doctor said, you can no longer have country ham. <laughs> Which really, my wife found out. And so now I only have country ham when I'm not around my wife. I'm just confessing right now. <laughs> I mean, something's got to take you out, right? <laughs> here's, here's a question. Are we making people thirsty for Jesus? In my neighborhood, where I live, in my hood... In my workplace, in the business that I run, in the place that I work out, am I making people thirsty for living water? Wow. It's a great question, isn't it? Because who else is going to do it? Right? Who else is going to make people thirsty for Jesus? If we're the salt of the earth, who else is going to do that? And, and, and I think for so long in the church, we were, we were so tied up in do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And people would look at Christians and go, that's stinking boring. That's why I love hanging out with people that are godly, but adventurous. Godly, but happy. <laughs> Seriously, let's think about this. Godly, but joyful. Godly, but patience. Godly, but have love for those around them. We're the salt of the earth. That's us. That's pretty heavy. It's on you and me. It's on us to be the salt of the earth. That it is on us to be the salt of the earth. On us. Nobody else. Can't blame anybody else. It's on us. Number two. We are the light of the world. Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Do you remember back in September we did the Glow series? Actually, it was August and September. We, we used the scripture. If you keep going into Philippians 2.14 and 15, it says, Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Go back to the point, Larry. We are the light of the world. Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. So here's a question, and we asked this in September. I'm going to ask you again today. Do you glow? Or do you blind? It's a good question, isn't it? Some of you in this room right now are new to church, and you're like, you know what? All the church has ever done is blind me. Because I get so confused because they say they believe one thing and they do another. They say they believe in love and then they flip me off when I cut them off on the road. And then I see their 
Coastline Community Church. <laughs> Stop doing that. It's happened to me three times last year. It's happened to Raina a couple times. Stop flipping people off or take the bumper sticker off. <laughs> if you feel the need to express your emotions with sign language, take the bumper sticker off. And we, we laugh at that, but seriously, think I'm the, I'm the light of the world. Wow. You are the light of the world. And that, that's daunting at times. But a city on a hill can't be hidden. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. We are called by every means to let that light shine through us. Wow. That, that's our vision. Our vision is, is that we would get so encouraged here through the weekly ministry that goes on here at this place, which at this point is seven days a week, most of the time all day that we would get so encouraged by either ministering or being ministered to, that we would go back out into the world that God's placed us in, and we'd be a light. Light. If you go, go back to Philippians, talking about representing Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Are you shining like a star? I was praying with a, a guy this morning, another pastor, Jay, you guys know Pastor Jason in Atlanta. We were praying together on the phone, and um, we were just talking about how it's, it's cold there, it was raining here, and he said, he said, you know what, but we're going to shine like stars today. And I said, really? Because <laughs> he's, he's one of my best friends, and I, he didn't even believe what he was saying. He goes, I don't know, man. <laughs> I really don't know. And I was like, well, God, God's going to shine through us, right? And, and so here's the idea. you got 365 days in a year. Why don't we shine more than not in this new year? As, as Coastline Community, as Christians, why don't we shine more than we don't shine, right? Why don't we set out to say, you know what? Today is going to be a good day. Today is going to be a fabulous day. I am blessed and not cursed. I'm head, not the tail. I am going to walk forward in this day and I'm going to love somebody. And when I want to get mad, I'm not going to get mad. And when I want to say something that I'm not supposed to say because it doesn't line up with the word, I'm not going to say it. Do everything without complaining and arguing. <laughs> this is why the Bible is the best book in the world. Because it says things like that. Do everything. Dishes. Take the garbage out. Pick your clothes up off the floor. Mm, everything without complaining or arguing. See, here's the deal. The world, people in your neighborhood, people in your workplace, people at the gas station you stop at, people, every, everybody's mad. Everybody's complaining. I know a lot of you in this room right now, and you have a serious problem with complaining. Sorry. I'm just saying. Compl Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Shine like stars.
What's my light putting off? And is it bright? Dr. Roden told this story here about three years ago. He and Miss Joan had put up Christmas decorations and they had a little light. They had a bunch of lights, but they had one that they put in their front front uh, front window and they took down all their Christmas decorations. And Miss Joan told Dr. Roden, she said, Hey, why don't we leave that up? Because God had really dealt with their heart about praying for their neighborhood. Praying for their neighborhood. That's a foreign concept, isn't it? Because the guy down the street that keeps you up all night, you don't pray for him. You, you want to kill him. So, so they left one little light right in the front window. One little light. And they said, you know what, we're going to leave that there. And that's going to remind us to pray for our neighborhood every day. So they did. They began to pray, God, whatever hurt, whatever's going on, whatever financial deficit is going on in people's lives, whatever is causing them pain in their life, God, we just want you to heal it. And if you see fit, use us to help heal that. And this went on into February, maybe March. Unbeknownst to Dr. Roden, there was a gentleman, and if I said his name, you'd know him. This was in, in Richmond, Virginia. And if I said the corporation, you would know the corporation. He was in a truckload of trouble. Had made some bad decisions and people had made bad decisions before him. And he was facing prison. Like, it was bad. He was a very, very successful person. So he couldn't sleep. So he would get up at night and he would walk the streets of the neighborhood. And he would see that light. But finally came to a point where he thought, you know what, there's no way out of this. I'm going to kill myself so my, my family can get the insurance money. I'm going to figure out how to do this. So he's walking around the street, and as he's walking, he's thinking about how he can kill himself and make it look like it was an accident. And he looks over at Dr. Roden's house, and there's that light. And he looks at that light, and he says, you know what? Why is that stupid light on everything? Look, why wouldn't they take down their Christmas decorations? Isn't he a pastor or something? This goes on for a few more nights. And he's walking by the house one night, and he realizes, you know what, I can't go through with it. Breaks down, crawls up to the door. Dr. Roden comes to the door, opens the door. And here is a very successful, very wealthy man, broken. And Dr. Rhodes just put his arms around him like he can do, right? Because he's grandpa. And don't tell him I said that. <laughs> he, yeah, he is a grandpa a hundred times over. So he put his arms around this man, brought him in the house, set him down, led him to the Lord, and said, I want you to know, we didn't know you, but we've been praying for you. The, the man wound up going to jail, but it was a reduced sentence, gave his heart to the Lord, and today, at this very moment, that man is serving the Lord with all of his heart. Because somebody thought, you know what, maybe it's a good idea to pray for our neighborhood. I don't know. Maybe it's a good idea. 
Because we're the salt of the earth. I'm so tired of hearing Christians complain about things that are going on in our world. Complain all you want if you're doing something about it. Isn't that good? Oh, me, 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 me. And the older we get, the more we complain. I'm the salt of the world, but... Yeah, this world's going downhill. I'm just saying. Wow. Quit arguing, complaining. Be the salt, be the light. Number three. We have a vision to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. We are called to help shed a godly perspective. Matthew 5.15 Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Psalms 119.105 Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Micah 6.8 He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Back to the point, we're called to help shed a godly perspective. If we're going to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast, we're called to help shed a godly perspective on things that are going on in other people's lives. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Your life should be giving light to everyone in your life. Can you help everybody? Absolutely not. But how can we help people? Well, if you go to Psalms, this next verse right here, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light for my path. I've said this a hundred times. I'll say it a thousand more times if God... Allows me to be your pastor. If you don't put it in, it won't come out. Because we're like, humans are like sponges. Whatever we put in our minds, whatever we put in our bodies, when we're squeezed, it comes out. So if you're not reading your Bible, and if you're not listening to the Spirit of God helping you read your Bible, it's not going to come out of you. I had a dream last night. And I guess it was a dream. I don't think I was awake. It was early this morning. And I was preaching. And I was quoting scripture. One right after the other. And in my own... You ever had those dreams where you might be asleep? Maybe not. Maybe so. Maybe not. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's just not me. Okay. All right. And I'm just like... Doo, 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 doo. And in, in my dream, I'm quoting that scripture. And of course, it being Sunday, I, I go to sleep thinking about all you guys... And it's just like 20 or 30 of them. And I wake up. And I'm, I'm laying there and I reach over to see if my wife's still in bed. She is. I don't know what time it is. And I had this overwhelming sense of calmness. It's an amazing calmness. Like, oh, and then I started getting fired up about preaching at that very moment. But just thinking. And I was quoting scripture, and I thought, God, you're so good, because I'm so dumb. God's goodness and my dumbness, they equal out. They don't equal out, but I'm not that smart of a person. But I tell you what, I love learning the scripture. And this is what I figured out later in life, is it is a, it's a lamp. It's a light. So, so think about this. Think about this. We're called to help shed a godly perspective. You have a coworker, or you have a neighbor, 
and they're going through something really rough in their life. Are you going to, like, play Dr. Phil? Are you going to say, man, I don't, I don't really understand what you're going through, but let me tell you what the Bible says. And let me tell you, God loves you. And let me tell you that Jesus died for you. And here, here, here's this place in the Bible that I read just last week that kind of talks about the situation that you're going through. Oh, come on, don't, don't die on me. We've got to read the Word. We have to, if we're going to shed a godly perspective in our neighborhoods, in our workplace, and wherever God places us, you've got to put it in before it can come out. And then here, Micah 6.8, He has showed you, O man, what is good. This is a whole message right here. This is like a whole year worth of message. He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require? You ever wonder what the Lord wants from you? Right? God, what do you want from me? Well, this is your day. To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Tell you what, if you're talking about neighbors, people that you work with every day or whatever, like on the Space Coast, that is very, very, very to the infinity power hard. I I can tell you, I don't have this one down pat. But it's definitely a plumb line for where we should try to live, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That, that is a person that the world looks at and says, you know what? There's something different about that person. Just something a little bit different about that person. And that, per- that kind of person makes someone thirsty. Because the world can't figure that out. Why didn't you get mad at that? Why, why, why did you do what you did because there was nothing in it for you? Why? Why? Why, why, did, why would you do that? Why would you go to that church every Sunday and stay for seven hours for all three services serving in different... Why would you serve in that nurse? Why would you get out of the gas station and walk up to a young lady who is obviously uh, in distraught place with all of her luggage? Why would you give her 50 bucks? What's in it for you? Why would you take your lunch hour and go sit down with someone that... you? You don't really know and just listen to their story. And why would you refuse to get mad at someone who pushes all your buttons? How many of you have a button? Two? Three? Eighty-five? hundred and ten? I made up of buttons. But, but why, why would you refuse to respond in anger? I'm walking humbly with my God. And again, none of us have this figured out. But if we're going to shed a godly perspective to those who are around us, and here's what happens when you do that. When you shed a godly perspective on something someone's going through, guess whose door they knock on? Guess whose phone they call? 
when all hell breaks loose in their life. Godly perspective. I, I look around this room, there's plenty of people who own businesses and restaurants and different things. And I think it's so cool that you, you're, I know most of you, and you're shedding a godly perspective on people around you. It's an amazing concept. It's called being a Christian. Stop acting like one and be one. Stop acting like one and be one. And that's what God's calling us to do, man. Last thing. We have a vision to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. We are called to serve our neighbors through our good deeds. Matthew 5.16 In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Matthew 20.28 says it like this, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. Back to the point. Think about this for a second. Coastline Community Church of Vision is really just a vision from the Bible as who we should be as Christians. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Because this is a very, very interesting scripture to me because the Bible says don't let your right hand know what your left is doing. Don't stand on the corner and pray like the Pharisees do in their robes out loud. Don't make a big deal of walking up to the offering box which is here and in the back or online or wherever it is. In case you didn't know. <laughs> don't, don't make a big deal out of that. That's between you and God. That's between you and God. And so these kind of scriptures wreck me. But the only way you can define this scripture is, is I'm doing good deeds for people that God loves and I don't have to be seen, but so that my Father in heaven can be seen. That for a second. Because our world is full of this politically correct, and a lot of them are great, movements where they're doing good things for people and God's not seen in them anywhere. And God's looking down at that going, those are pretty cool dudes. Those are those are those are great young women that are doing that. But where where are people seeing God? Where are people having that moment where they go, you know what? God's real and He sent Jesus. And so, challenge, before we, we, we leave today, here's a challenge. What can you do for someone this week with no motive? Think about it. What, what can you do this week for someone with no motive? I tell you one thing, my truck's really dirty, so if somebody wants to wash it, that's <laughs> okay. It is dirty. Well it's hunting it's hunting season, so I don't wash it like for three months. Do you have a widow in the neighborhood that can't bring her trash can in? Do you have an older couple that can't cut their yard? Do you have a young person that you just know is going through a hard time that maybe could use your help. Let's break it down. The Bible's not mystical. It's truth. We're called to serve our neighbors through our good deeds.
I love this church because we serve people all the time. And we don't make a big deal out of it. It's not that big of a deal. And you know why we don't make a big deal out of it? It's because, duh, that's what we're supposed to do. It's like if you pull up to an intersection and the light's green and you go through it, and you're like, yes, I just went through a green light. Your, your family would look at you like, what is wrong with you? No, you don't. Yeah, I mean, that's what the church is called to do. It's called to serve people through our good deeds. Do our good deeds. Wow. What a concept. What a way to live. And then you look at what Jesus did for us. This next scripture right here. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus modeled the perfect servant. Jesus Christ, Savior of the world, the Son of God, the Messiah, born in a manger, had to sneak back home because there was a hit out on him. He didn't come to be served. The king, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve humanity by giving his life as a ransom for many. So we talked about vision today, and yes, that's, I mean, it's, it's shut up in my bones. I believe it with all my heart, but for our church, but more than that, I believe with all my heart that we're called to serve people because Jesus served us. And he gave his own life. Gave his own life. Why, why did Jesus do that? Well, the Bible says that God loved the world so much, he sent Jesus. And then whoever puts their faith in Jesus, whoever does that, will have eternal life. See, salvation is, is a faith issue. It's a belief issue. So Jesus came and He served and modeled what we can only try to achieve and then took it to a whole other level and gave Himself for the world. So i got to ask you a question before we're dismissed today. If you're here today, say, Jason... I'm hearing what you're saying. If you're here today and you never put your belief in Jesus Christ, you never put your faith in Jesus Christ, but you feel God knocking on your heart today and you say, you know what, I need to do that. I really, really need to do that. I feel that in me right now. I'm ready for a new beginning, a fresh start. And I'm ready, I'm ready to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. What a great day to do that. What a fabulous, amazing, wonderful day to do that. Walking out of this building today, a new creation. Would you bow your head all over this place? If that's you and you say, you know what, man? That's me. I feel it. I, I know that God's doing something in my heart today. I understand that God gave His only Son for me. If that's you in this place right now, no one's looking around, all heads are bowed, slip your hand up just long enough for me to see it. I want to pray with you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else? That's awesome, dude. That's <laughs> so incredible. I know right now that I need something different in my life. Right now, I know I need Jesus. Anyone else before we pray? Praise the Lord.
is awesome. You raised your hand. Those of us in this room right now who know Jesus are rejoicing with you. You, you don't even know how happy we are for you. Because you're about to go on a journey that is going to be amazing. If you raised your hand, I want to pray with you. As soon as this service is over, go out to the tent on the East Long. Get a Bible. If you don't have one, they're free. Get a devotion. You want to talk with someone, there's someone out there that would talk with you. But right now, right now, right where you're sitting, by virtue of the fact that you raised your hand, you've already committed publicly that you believe Jesus Christ is the true Son of God and, and you know you need to change. But pray this prayer with me right now. Father, thank you for loving me. God, thank you for chasing me and thank you that I'm in this seat today. And God, right now I realize that there's something missing in my life. Something... Something definitely missing. Today I've realized that's you, God. And I'm confessing in my heart right now, I'm putting my belief in Jesus Christ because I know your word says that that's the only way to spend eternity with you. So right now, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. That Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross. That Jesus Christ was placed in the grave. He rose from that grave on the third day. And that Jesus Christ is coming back for me one day. And right now, God, that faith is rising up in me. And I believe that. I honestly believe that, God. So, Lord, I pray that you would help me in this new beginning, this new start. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.